Yeah. Weezy, yeah. What's going on? Welcome to the All-American Chelsea Podcast. I am the captain, the leader, the legend of all things you see. All-American Chelsea, what's going on? It's your boy Christian back again, coming to you from beautiful Miami, Florida, in the good old U.S. of A. What's going on everybody Just bullshitting over here I like this song a lot man I really do I really do It kind of it, it rides Like And I like the video too Um It's pretty dope man uh, what's going on everybody I haven't been in your ear in a minute We haven't checked in It was the international breaks You know how we do here During the international breaks um, I like to take them off So Whatever man You know I had to relax for a minute But I've been grinding though I've been grinding um, On Twitter I finally Guys If you're not following me on Twitter Make sure you do All American CFC But I um for the longest time and been trying to figure out the editing game the video editing game audio game i'm pretty good at i like i shouldn't say like pretty good at meaning like i'm bragging but audio game i'm good like you know i i I, i have a good handle on audio but video is so similar to audio and it seems so it's it's like more complex and i like it i like it a lot so I've been meaning to step my video game up and I finally started messing around with the program DaVinci Resolve. And if you guys don't know, DaVinci Resolve is a program. It's a free video editing software that basically, well, they have two tiers, that free version and then the pro version. The pro version is 300 bucks. The free version is just under the pro version and it has everything you need for video editing everything you need it's it's what a lot of people use in hollywood to edit videos um and to edit movies it's a huge program it's not to be you know taken lightly and i started messing around with it and i started shooting more videos um so i can play with it play with the program so i always do a predicted 11 video I've been oh I've been want I shouldn't say always because I've I haven't done I've done like five when I should be doing one before every game I want to do one before every game but now that I figured out the program I will be doing more videos so what I'm trying to say is I shot the video for the Cardiff game um I predicted eleven and I wanted to add more things like for example if you look on the eleven. I have like a map from Google Maps where I did like, you know, some graphics or whatever for it. Wait till you guys see what I have in store for Stanford Bridge. It's going to be pretty dope. So I've been I was going to upload the video. I edited the video. It took me 
all day to edit. When I talk, when I'm talking about all day, it took me like eight hours. Um, and the day before it took me five hours to shoot. Everybody says like, oh, you're so natural. And they give me compliments about my video presence. But truth be told, man, like every video you see from me, I shoot 50 to 100 takes to get the right one. I don't know if it's because I suck or is it because I'm too critical? I don't know which one it is. I tend to think it's a strong mixture of both, but whatever. And I finally got the video to where 50% of what I want to do moving forward. When it came time to upload the video, Twitter was like, yo, it's too long. I was like, no way. So I started chopping down, chopping down, chopping down the video, and it wasn't coming out right. And every time I would chop it down or take time off, too long. Twitter was like, oh, by the way, there was something else. So I was like, you know what, man? I've been meaning to upload on YouTube, and I'm just going to do it. Whatever. Like, it's enough is enough. So long story short, I uploaded my very first video to the All-American Chelsea channel. Um, I have big ideas on what I want to do with the channel. Like, I have a show that I want to uh, introduce during the summer, um, especially when we're not playing um, a weekly show, uh, hour-long weekly show. Um, I want to introduce that and that was going to be for the YouTube channel. I want to start doing interviews with people outside of football, outside of, you know, sports just to like, you know, like to talk to other people, especially during the summer, especially during the summer, you know, where we don't have games, we have stuff that's going on, but we don't have games. So I I definitely wanted to do that, um, for YouTube. So I was like kind of waiting, waiting, waiting to start the channel. But I was like, you know what? There's no time better than the present. So we riding. That's uh the videos up. So I'm going to be uploading more videos to to YouTube. Um we'll see how it goes. I expect me to have 100,000 subs by next week. I've been told it should take a week to get 100,000 subs. Uh I should be making millions of dollars a year off of YouTube. What I'm estimating like less than 2 weeks, so whatever. You know, it's a grind, but it's the life of the YouTuber. <laughs> oh, my God. This is insane. This is insane. What else is going on? This Wednesday, we find out if I got, if I made the final, if, if I made, if I'm one of the finalists for the FBAs. For those of you who don't know, the FBAs is the most prestigious uh, football blogging award i mean that's the name of the company the football blogging awards and that's the most prestigious award you can win for those who participate in any online media for football so uh the process of nomination was pretty easy hashtag uh what category you want to be nominated for and have your people nominate you and i was nominated by my people a couple of times online and uh, I really didn't make a big stink about it because I talked to the the FBA people. I mean, I DM'd them a few times and they were just like, yeah, just once is enough. I mean, if you want to make it a thing, make it a thing. But at least they let me they made me feel like once one nomination was enough. Now, whether I become a finalist, I have no idea if that what's going to happen with that. So I got nominated for 
in you know best new content creator international content creator and podcast so we'll see i mean we'll see what of those three categories uh i got nominated i mean if i made a finalist for any of those categories and the award is may 9th and in manchester at the at the etihad so that should be pretty dope man i mean football is football football side the etihad looks at least on tv looks pretty awesome it looks awesome i mean just going to england is gonna be awesome the uk is gonna be awesome i for sure i've already checked the 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 dates chelsea will be playing their second to last game the last home what the hell is that Always uh, something going on in this house. Second to last home game. Last home game of the season um, during that time. So I would for sure make it a make it a thing. See if I can get out there. Uh, if I get nominated, for sure be out there um, for that. So I'm looking forward to that. So last night there was a UFC. UFC Philadelphia. You had Justin Gaethje. K.O. Edson Barbosa with a right hook. Nasty, nasty, nasty. And the trend continues. George Masvidal started it off. Then you had the trend continues for main event KOs. George Masvidal started it off. Then Anthony Pettis KOs Wonderboy last weekend. Justin Gaethje. So he KOs Edson Barbosa this weekend. Uh, he had in the co-main event. Uh, there was a submission. Uh, there was just the fights were pretty good, man. The fights were pretty good this weekend, really good. Uh, speaking of Philadelphia, Eddie Alvarez was making his one fighting championship or one championship, whatever the name of the organization calls. He's from Philly, and you know, the one organization is look. Listen, let's be honest here. No organization. No competition is tougher than the UFC. None. And all the other organizations know that. However, they do the best that they can with the with the fighters that they can. And you have Bellator. Bellator is not as competitive as the UFC. You get some fuckery in Bellator. But, I mean, sometimes the fights are good. When it's not one of those circus fights, the fights are good. Uh, and then you have one. One is huge in Asia. Huge in Asia. So... Eddie Alvarez was a free agent in the UFC, and he signed with one. And then you had Mighty Mouse, Demetrius Johnson, was traded for Ben Askren. Uh, ben Askren's now in the UFC. He had a controversial victory over Robbie Lawler, but whatever, not, neither here or there. Uh, and Eddie Alvarez and Mighty Mouse were making the, their debut in one this weekend, this morning, this morning. When I woke up, for the Chelsea match, the results were already in. So they must have fought like at 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning. I was already asleep. But Eddie Alvarez got TKO'd in the first round. TKO'd in the first round. That goes to show you, like, just because you don't fight in the UFC doesn't mean you can't you can't scrap. Doesn't mean you don't have any skills. And he got TKO'd in the first round. Mighty Mouse got the submission in the first round. Mighty Mouse is going to be Mighty Mouse. He looks phenomenal as always. And, you know, that's what was going on with the fights this weekend. Guys, I started watching season two of the OA. Let me tell you about the OA. 
let me tell you about the OA. The OA, as I describe it, listen, I take movies and TV shows very seriously. I don't, when I recommend you a show, I'm putting my reputation on the line. I'll recommend Game of Thrones. I'll recommend Old Boy. I'll recommend, you know, Westworld, How to Make It in America, Entourage, movies, you know, Godfather. Anytime you get put on the spot to make a list, like, it's always difficult. But whatever, you guys get the point. So, but the OA, I never recommend. I tell people about it, but I don't recommend it. The reason being, it's a very love or hate show. And I personally loved season one. However, others hated it. Others, people, like the big criticism online is that they didn't understand the show or the season finale. It's a very controversial season finale of season one. I personally loved season one, especially the finale. I I cried a little bit in the season finale. I'm not going to lie to you guys. It was beautiful. I cried a little bit. Not nothing serious. Just a little trip, 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 little, little drips. So I loved the show. It was beautiful. It was excellent. And season two picked up right where we left off. And I love in season two right now. I'm in episode three. Could have, I didn't get to finish episode three. I have like 15 minutes left. Had to step out of the house, sort of kind of an emergency this morning. Not nothing serious. But I, um, I'm loving the show. I recommend, I don't recommend. If you guys, it's not on my official list of must watch. But if you're into weird, um, not weird, but more so like science fiction, supernatural, that type of show, a little bit of time traveling, a little bit of other dimensions, it's awesome. The OA on Netflix, I recommend it. Um, but it's not an official recommendation, just in case you guys come back and say, Christian, this is shit. Well, it's not an official recommendation. This is a disclaimer. <sighs> That's all I got, man. That's all I got. Uh, just looking forward. Another Now, this show is definitely on the recommendation recommended list. It's March 31st. We're about to go into April. I cannot tell you how excited I am for the month of April. First of all, you have tomorrow's April Fool's Day in you in the US. One of my favorite days of the year. I can't wait. I have a prank lined up. I think we're going to steal somebody's car at work. Um we're going to steal the company car at work. We got a guy he drives the company car all day long. Um I'm going to steal it. We're going to steal it. Everybody's going to be in on it, and he's going to spaz out, and it's going to be great. So I'm going to steal somebody's car tomorrow. We're going to quote-unquote steal a car tomorrow. Um, But you have April Fool's Day. Not this, but next Sunday. Not next Sunday coming. The following Sunday, the 14th, Game of Thrones, the 13th, the UFC. You have um, that UFC is Max Holloway versus Dustin Poirier. Then you have the... The style bender, Israel Adesanya versus Kelvin Gastelum for the middleweight interim belt. Big month. Game of Thrones. Avengers Endgame. Uh, what else? The UFC comes to Fort Lauderdale. Oh, there's just so much going on in April. I can't. I can't. The, uh, the FBA is if I find out if I'm nominated or not this Wednesday. So a lot's going on in April. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm like so excited. My body is ready. 
so ready for April. I can't wait. And it starts tomorrow. Tomorrow morning when I wake up, it's going to be 13 days till the first episode of Game of Thrones. I'm telling you guys right now, if I see this season, Jon Snow riding a dragon with a pack of direwolves under him, riding under him into battle, and Ghost and Nymeria are leading the charge, I will shed a tear. I am so ready for it. So ready for Game of Thrones. I can't. I, I can't. I, I can't describe it to you guys. So, without further delay, today's interview is I do the post-match review with Dan McCarthy, former Chelsea Youth Academy member, um, and he writes for the Chelsea Echo a website that Simon Johnson uh, has put together. Our friend of the show, my boy Simon Johnson, has put together. And, you know, me and Dan, we kick it, man. We, we, we break down the, we, we have a conversation. I don't think what I do is can technically be called breakdowns. But more what I do here on this, you know how we do on the podcast. It's more of a conversation of the match and Guys, um, before we get into it, fucking Marcus Alonso, Marcus Alonso, Marcus Alonso is all I got to say. This guy is a complete waste of time. I, I, I'm over him. I'm completely done with him. So anyways, guys, well, I'll talk to you guys on the back end. Um, this is the interview later. What's up, everybody? I'm here with Dan McCarthy, former, former, former member of the Chelsea Youth Academy, now full-time coach. He's coaches like, bro, Dan, correct me if I'm wrong. You, you're you coaching like 50 different teams currently? Like, as a, he's coaching right now, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like 47 right now. But 47. Yeah. My bad, my nah. bad. Didn't want to cut. Nah. Didn't want to leave out those other three, you know? <laughs> no, it's a few teams, man. I'm seven days a week. Seven days a week. Um, what everybody doesn't know, uh, Dan and I were talking before we started recording. I'm actually going to be flying out um, this afternoon, and Dan's going to be coaching me up. Um, he's going to be adding me on with the, the nine-year-olds that he's coaching, and uh, I'm going to, you know, give it all I got. Give it, uh, give it hell. Yes, sir. Put your center forward. Get the goals. That's what. That's the plan. Nah, man. I play defense. I like playing defense. So those little fucks, I'm gonna be slide tackling on all of them. Fuck them. And then if their dads <laughs> have to say anything, I'll be slapping the shit out of them, and then slapping the moms in the ass. What's up? <laughs> hey, we need a little bit of aggression back there to get it done, man. Whatever it's gonna be. <laughs> By any means necessary. <laughs> All right, Dan. So we're coming, everybody. We're uh, we're recording this um, a couple of hours after the Cardiff City match uh, and uh, versus Chelsea. Ah, shit. Like, I'm, bro. You know what? You know what happens is like after a match, and I let like time pass. Like all my anger and frustrations and all the things that that uh, pissed me off throughout the game. Like the more time passes, I get away from it. And then when I have to record the podcast and I start getting in that mind frame again and the images and the feelings of the game start coming back, like, 
I started getting angry again. I yeah okay. Yeah, I feel you, man. So we won, right? Yay, we won three points. But it started off just like with when the lineup came out. Let me get your thoughts here. When the lineup came out, what were you thinking? Man, it was a very, very interesting starting eleven. Um, I'll be honest. Just with the whole international break and a couple of rumors flying around about injuries and people being rested, I didn't know really what to expect. Um, because, and again, you know, Sarri's pretty under, unpredictable with these lineups, as many people have seen this year. So when I saw it, the first thing I looked for was Callum Hudson-Odoi. Was he starting or not on the back of doing well for England? He wasn't. Um, I thought he would, in all honesty. I thought maybe Sarri would give him a chance instead of like a William or a Pedro. Um, he didn't. And then the second thing I noticed was no Kante. Uh, again, I'm not 100% about that was due. I think I remember Sarri saying that he wanted to rest him. I didn't know Kante needed rest, but apparently he <laughs> He's does. Human. Apparently he is human. Um, yeah, apparently so. And then uh, obviously Hazard. I kind of knew that Hazard wouldn't start, you know, a couple of hints before the game and whatnot. So wasn't too surprised with that. And then I would have actually liked to have seen Kovacic play the register. Role that role at Jorginho. I thought Jorginho maybe would be rested with his play with Italy in the week, and you know a couple of rumours flying around there that maybe he'd be dropped for Kovacic. I would have liked to have seen that because I think Kovacic could do well in that area. But yeah, very interesting start at eleven. Wasn't overly pleased or inspired by it, and I think that obviously spilled over into the game because it's it was a slow start, you know. Yeah, it. When I saw the eleven. I'm like, what the hell? Because I did a I did a predicted eleven video, um, that I had I was forced I was forced by Twitter to throw it up on YouTube. Truth be told, everybody, I started uploading on my YouTube channel. It's been a long time coming, but necessarily I didn't I didn't kick it off with the video that I wanted to. But whatever, fuck it. Like it is what it is. We taking over, bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and in my eleven. I had Emerson starting. I had um, Jorginho Conte starting. I had Hazard starting, but I knew Callum Hudson Odoi wasn't starting. There was after Sorry's press conference on Friday, where he said he was going to give uh, in the remaining games Callum Hudson Odoi two to three starts um, at minimum in the remaining games or maximum, however which way you want to divide that. I wasn't necessary. I, I, something told me he wasn't starting this game, but I, I did not predict Pedro and Williams starting. That I did not see. I, I did not see that coming. And when I saw that lineup, every time I see a, a suspect lineup from Sorry, I just think about like how is it possible that you spend all that time studying, studying guys like Marcus Alonso, and you don't see. He's shit. But I watch the game and in 20 minutes I can see this guy's shit. Like that that will never like that question will never will never leave my mind until sorry comes out and gives a clear definitive answer or better yet until I can interview sorry to ask him what the hell is going on or what do you see in this guy? I'll never know. It'll be a mystery to me. It will continue to be a mystery to me. Did, what did you think about the play? I mean, the first half was I put on I, I put on uh, in a group chat. 
in the first half, I couldn't tell which team was fighting for relegation and which team was in the top half of the of the of the table. I couldn't tell. I had no idea. I thought bo- maybe both teams were fighting for relegation or both teams are are in the top half and you know, whatever. <laughs> what did you think about the first half of the game, bro? Honestly, man, it was dreadful. I mean, I woke up 6 a.m. because I live in L.A. now, so that time difference. He says he lives uh, in Beverly Hills, everybody. <laughs> Coaching <laughs> life. Yeah, I'm what you know about that. that <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, getting up at 6 a.m., you're already, you know, you're tired. But you're expecting playing Cardiff City maybe a, a positive performance and you're excited to, you know, see a little bit of attacking progress and maybe we can rack up some goals and make the wake-up worth it. But so uninspiring. You know, it was boring, slow, no inspiration. Um, I, I was writing notes throughout the game, you know, <sighs> Typically, that's something I do. And just the forward play was so predictable and it wasn't clicking. Higuain was awful. The little flicks and tricks just not coming off at all. You know, the first half was dreadful. And I was talking to a few buddies in a group chat and WhatsApp with the Chelsea Echo. And it was just, in all honesty, I don't know if it's my coaching background or whatever, but you just I just saw Cardiff 1-0 written all over it. You know, it was. Just, I was just waiting for a Cardiff goal. Like they weren't in the game; they were just defending for their lives. But in that first half, all I was looking at was where the Cardiff are going to get that breakaway goal that we're so immune to, and we love going one zero down. But anyway, we came in one zero zero. But what a boring first half that was, huh? Yeah, it was terrible, terrible. And shout out to the boys of Chelsea Echo, Simon Phillips, PG. Who else? Jimmy. Who else? Who else? Shout out to the boys. What up? Terry Salzio. Yeah, there's a few boys on there. Joe Martin, George Priestman. Yeah, just a t- Ben. There's a few boys in there. Path. They're all good guys. Great group. Bup, bup, bup. Shout out. That's my shout out for all of them. But anyways, like, I- I'm watching the half. First, what the hell? Like, I, I love David Luiz. He's one of my favorite players. Um, I root for the Brazilian national team during international break. I- I've always have. I've always loved David Luiz, especially, you know, with connections with Brazil and the Chelsea, yeah, like I, I, but, bro, like, why, like those long balls, they were perfect, they were good passes, like, I, but it just seemed like, why are you doing that? Like, now we need to be like those long ball pass, and then Rudiger the same thing in the first. The first half was just a fucking disaster. It was just a disaster. Marcus Alonso, <sighs> <laughs> dude. That Every guy. Time. I mean, I've tried to be rational and I tried to be balanced and I'm very I take pride in doing that and try not to be too reactionary and like try and join the same boat of killing players and stuff, but he was awful today and he's just been awful every time he's played in the last two or three games and it's just to see him consistently making the same mistakes over and over and over is very uh very disheartening for sure. It's just I I don't understand like why is my left back in the middle of the field, in the middle of the box. Why? What is he doing? There was a play in the first half where, was it the first half? Where he picked up the ball in the middle of the box and Gonzalo Higuain was running onto it for a shot. And, yeah. and Marcus Alonso was the end, ended up taking the shot. Like, like bro, you have, a, you have coaching badges. You have eyes. You're a former member of the Youth Academy. What the hell? Can you even... Like try to get into the mind of sorry. What is he seeing this man? What it what what is it that Marcus Alonso is doing that that warrants him 
game after game, minutes after minutes. Did you see the tweet today that he was voted in for some team of the year? I didn't see that. No. What, I, hold on. Hold, let me make sure I'm not talking out of the deepest, darkest corners of my ass. Let me make sure. But I saw something with Marcus Alonso in a team of the year. Hold on. And it wasn't like for shits and giggles. Like it was a legit team of the year. That's that's insane. But what does he see? What, what like what can Sari possibly be seeing? That I I'm assuming if I had to try and jump into the the uh, Sari's mind, I would assume just that that attacking prowess that maybe at times Alonso you know pops up with important goals like he has in previous times against Arsenal and and Tottenham and you know and that stuff. But that's the only thing I can think of is that he offers an attacking threat maybe that we don't get from the other side with Aspen Equator and. But again, it's Alonso's delivery, his crossing is atrocious. You know, he hasn't scored in a while. Like he not he certainly hasn't been banging him in like he was before. So I don't understand it because defensively he's a liability and I think Emerson's perhaps or well, I'm pretty sure Emerson's a more defensively solid player, which we need. So the only thing I could think of would be that uh he's hoping that Alonso could pop up with a goal somewhere here and there and that would outweigh the the cons of his defensive play, but again or there's player power and Alonso has to play, or he's paying him. Who knows? Oops. Uh, that I, I don't I don't I don't understand. I don't understand. I I really don't. I really don't. I <sighs> his crossing is is on. He I, he he had two terrible crosses back to back today. Two terrible crosses back to back in one in one play in the span of fifteen seconds. He had two terrible cross. I I. I typed the words, what the fuck, Alonzo, more times today than I think I ever have throughout the season. I, yeah, I, no. I, I'm, not, I'm not surprised, dude. Honestly, it's just the only couple of good crosses I've seen this year from Alonzo have been in the Europa League where Drew scored uh, off him. They're the only kind of good crosses I've seen from him. So I don't get it. I don't think we have great options apart from Emerson. I'll be honest, I do rate Emerson. To an extent, I do think he deserves a chance. He's definitely not the Lord and Saviour that many make him out to be. I do think he's, you know, a, a solid 7 out of 10 player, but he's not the left-back that we need or we want. I think we need a better player in that position for us, but I think he definitely deserves a chance over Alonso, you know? Yep. Um, another another member, I have, there's three members of the Three Stooges. Um, Sorry's Three Stooges, Pedro... We've already gr- grilled uh, the the founding member of the Stooges, Alonzo, and then my <laughs> third member is Ross Barkley, bro. Again, how, what the hell does Sorry see in this guy? I, see, I don't... <laughs> this is where we might clash. I oh hell like, no! <laughs> I like I like Ross Barkley. Um, oh, don't man. get me wrong; he has had below a par averages, uh, average performances uh, this season. And maybe he hasn't lit up the league in terms of that attacking flair we saw him in his Everton days recently. Um, but I do think the potential of Ross is definitely there. I think we saw that. With, I don't know if you saw it, but a lot of us saw it with the England national team. Oh, I saw him. You know, I saw him playing. South, Southgate letting him off the off the leash a little bit and letting him go and express himself and show that attacking power. Because when he gets going, he's very powerful and technical. You know, so I'm a fan of his. But again, I'm not naive enough to think that he's not playing as well as he probably could and should and maybe today wasn't one of his better games but I um because I wrote an article recently on him about how if he's perhaps coached 
he's been coached in a great way by Sarri in terms of he's made him an all-round better player, which Ross has actually said a minute uh, in terms of his defensive play and maybe his technical and tactical understanding. But in terms of going forward, he's definitely been held back a little bit too much by Sarri. And I think that's what's making him perhaps scapegoated by the fans. Because I think when Ross is let go and just let, allowed to be free, that he can offer us something for sure. But hey, an opinion's an opinion, right? Each to their own. I understand why people might not like him, you know? But so then help me then help me because if you're rating if you're rating Barkley and I and I watched him during the England it was during the the international break for England um mm-hmm. and what I saw was a player playing a, a better play a, a player who is better than his competition but ne- I didn't necessarily yeah. see anything I didn't see anything from Ross Barkley that says yeah that's the guy over Ruben Loftus-Cheek when Ruben Loftus-Cheek is playing I said that's a, that's the guy I want starting right there mm. Yeah, no, completely understand that because I'm. A, I also sent my article, or I don't know if I sent it in my actual article or a response to the article that I would have. I would still, and I would have Ruben Loftus-Cheek starting over him uh, because I'm a massive fan of Ruben, and there's a backstory of me and Ruben. Maybe we could talk about later, and I get bantered and grilled for it a lot. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm a big fan of Ruben. Uh, I was absolutely buzzing when he scored that goal to legs. He deserved it, and he, he's given Sarri another reminder of what he can do i would just i would perhaps even like to see both of them either side um you know try i'm just not convinced on kovacic in that lcm or right or wherever side he plays um i'm just not convinced at all you know i like i know he can bring the ball out well and he's technical and but he just doesn't offer enough going forward i'd, I'd like to perhaps see him rotate with Jorginho and that register and maybe see ross and um when Conte's being rested or whatever, just try it, you know, a little bit more fluidity in there. But yeah, I would still have um, uh, Ruben cheek starting over Barkley. Yeah, now. I absolutely would too. Absolutely would too. Um, so, <sighs> second half starts, and what as a man, as a coach, what do you think Sari's seeing in the in the, in the locker room, in the dressing room? Why do you guys? Why does the UK guy? Why do you guys? Why do you guys call it a dressing room as opposed to a locker room? Where'd you get dressed? Yeah, but wh- why do we call it a locker room then? I, I can't, I, me and the American language, we <laughs> baffle each other sometimes. I'm still trying to get this thing down. Like when I go to a restaurant, I've got to say water instead of water. And I'm trying <laughs> to lock it down, man. But I have a very thick accent, as you can tell. And no, just it's today, not bad. I, it's you know, it's not I, bad at all. I appreciate that. But, you know, just today looking at houses, it's like, oh, what's your name? My name's Dan. And they're like, bad. I'm like, no, Dan. Like, and they're like, fan, like F-A-N. I'm like, no, Dan, D-A-N. No. <laughs> but yeah, so it's a struggle, but I'm not too sure. Uh, locker room, dressing room, I call it both because I've kind of adjusted to being over here now. But I guess dressing room maybe because that's where we get dressed. I wouldn't know. But uh, back to your question, what's Sari saying? Uh, if I would guess what Sari was saying, I would say that we need to move the ball a little bit quicker up top because it was very stagnated. It was very slow and the front three just weren't clicking. Um, Higuain was dropping extremely deep, yep. which wasn't helping anything. Or he helping was playing anyone. right wing. Like I saw him right. on the wings at, at times. I was like, "That's the same thing I used to kill Costa for." Costa used to do the exact same thing: right. drift out right. to the wings. Like, what are you doing there? You're a fucking yeah. striker. Stay in the middle, unless the coach, unless the manager has told you different. But you need to be in the middle, no? Yeah, you need to be in between the posts, right, where the goals are getting scored. You know, and Morata was guilty of that as well. So I think that's what he would have said at half time. Just you know, switch off. We've got to play a little bit quicker up top. We've got to connect quicker, get the ball moving, which he's been saying all year, right? We need to move the ball quicker. This is not his style of soccer because we're not playing fast enough. So, um, but that's what I would have said. And I think 
I don't. I don't think he's said. He may. It looks like he didn't say anything about Carlos threat because one, there really wasn't one, and two, which we'll get into. I'm sure we're going. We're going and conceding the first or second minute of the second half. But yeah, I would. I would assume he said something about us playing the ball a little bit quicker and expressing ourselves more because of the low block that Cardiff were playing and making us suffer in terms of, you know, uh, taking up the space. But I would have said a lot something different. But yeah, so and in the second half, what do you mean um, you would have said something different? I would have, I would have made changes. I would have tweet. I tweeted out, uh, which I try not to do too much during games because it's a, it could be a bit of a hellhole, right? When you're tweeting during games and the reactions and stuff. But I just tweeted out saying, I don't know what I said exactly. I have to, I have to look, but it was something along the lines of, you know, I think we should make changes now. Um, oh, I said that changes are needed, personally or tactically or both. I would have changed. I would have ripped off William or, Car- uh, or Pedro in the first half, one or two straight away, got Callum back on. They just needed a little bit of flair, you know? It was very yeah. stagnated. It was very boring. It was passive. And like Callum goes on there and brings in that, that naivety, you know, that, that he's just forward thinking. He'll just go and go and go and go. He won't think about it too much, which we needed against that team. And I wasn't huge on Higuain. I think Giroud deserved a chance. He's coming off some great forms, scoring important goals for us. So I would have maybe given him a chance. And I understood why he got his chance in the end. Um, and then, unfortunately, Callum didn't come on. But, you know, um, they're the changes I would have made. And I would have maybe gone to a 4-2-3-1 and allowed us to possess the ball a little bit more and maybe switch it up a little bit. But, yeah, no changes were made. I'm not really surprised, to be honest. Yeah, he doesn't do any... I mean... How many managers do halftime changes? Yeah, it doesn't seem like quite too many, but... No, no, the only one I could think of was Emery, maybe at Arsenal. Yeah, um, but it seems to be a trend. Something, he is doing something, something is happening from the first half, that break in the middle, and then starting the second half because the trend continues right out the gate, right after, right after they get out of the dressing room, they concede a goal, a bullshit goal. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! On a throw-in. Yeah. yeah why, exactly. A typical why, why Cardiff goal, right? <laughs> why the hell does this keep happening to us, Dan? So it's actually funny because I actually coached a game this morning with my younger guys. It's obviously not relative nine-year-olds in LA at a Premier League game, but the game can spring up the same situations. It's you know we're playing a better team, um, and we're playing well. You know we're we're dominating. We're we're going to the half two-zero up and. We should never have been twos or up. This is a better team. You know, we're kind of like the Cardiff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the halftime whistle just comes at a wrong time. Like, we're playing really well. We're battling harder. Then the halftime whistle comes and it's like, we've got to sit down and, you know, we've got to reset. And the momentum kind of goes. And then the second half, we concede within 30 seconds and we end up losing the game 6-2. Because, Damn it. You know, it's just, it just comes at a bad time, um, especially when you're in a good momentum. And I think Chelsea, whilst they weren't, threatening too much and uh, wasn't showing that attacking flair that we needed to they were we were still dominating the game and we still were you know the better team and when you, you had to stop and not you know when you when you reset Cardiff are thinking yep job half done we've done our job now can we push on from it it was zero zero you know and then that that, that half time maybe came at a wrong time for us and Cardiff jumped on it you know they came out flying second half I always feel that that uh that happens to us way too often way too often for sure in the for Everton sure. game, it was the same shit. In the Everton game, it was the same shit. It seemed like Everton came out and was like, all right, yeah, we can definitely beat this team within 45 minutes. We may not be able to beat them over 90. We could definitely beat them over 40, 45 minutes. Teams seem to do that. And in years past, 
it it never felt that way. It felt in years past. I remember sometimes when the games would start like this. I'm like, you know what? Secretly, I think we need to concede a goal here to wake the boys up. And yeah. it just doesn't feel like that anymore, man. It doesn't no. feel like that anymore. I I I. I I don't know what it is. I really don't know what it is. I don't. Men- I, I do agree with Sorry that it's definitely a mentality problem. 100%. Where does that come mental... from? Where, where did, what, what happened? We don't have any leaders in our team. That's, that's, that's something. I think it's overused on Twitter, for sure. But I do agree with, to an extent that there are no leaders in this team. We don't have a John Terry, uh, you know, someone there who's, just gonna, who's been there, experienced it, done it. You know, and it, the ones we do have are like the Hazards, who they're not really leaders in a respect of a vocal leader, you know. Um, so in the dressing room, Hazard likes to lead more by example by his performances. But like, you know, our captain is Aspilicueta, someone who's just not vocal, who's just, I don't really get that captain vibe from him. Fantastic servant, 7 out of 8 out of 10 pretty much every game, but not a captain, you know. And I think that lack of mentality and that lack of, or sorry, lack of fight, fighting mentality and that lack of leadership really hurts us a lot. And I don't think the players are feeling inspired as much as they probably should by Sari and his, and his ways, you know? Yep. Well, I will say this. There's one man on, on the pitch at all times that loves to fight, and that is my boy Antonio Rudiger. This dude... <laughs> I swear to God, this guy loves him some drama, loves the the dark arts. He loves it. He loves it. How did that man not get a red card today with all the bullshit that he was involved in? From the beginning, when it wasn't even his fault on, 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 the, on the free kick. Was it a free kick or a corner kick where he got dragged down? Uh, you, you might, I actually lost you right when you said the player's name. What player are we talking about? Rudiger. Rudiger. Rudiger, Rudiger <laughs> loves. I, listen, I secretly people give him shit, and rightly, rightfully so, rightfully so. Like he, he, he leaves a lot to be desired, you know. Especially when, oh, when, when you don't think so. No, no, for sure. Sorry, I, I said yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, 100%. like he leaves a lot to be desired, but I. I love that how physical he is. I love yeah. when he's like when he, when there's when there's a fight when there's a problem. The first one to show up is him, unless he's yeah. the one involved. He's always the first one. Anything that's popping off, there he is. Um, who? When was it? Earlier this season when there was a drama with Mourinho. Who was the first one to show up? Rudiger, and he was on the other side of the field when we played against yeah. United. He was right there. Boom, you know, in the shits. I love it. How he did not get a red card today is beyond me. Is yeah. beyond me. Was that a red for you, my man? No. What? It wasn't I'm a not, red? I'm not blue-tinted glasses. I'm not biased. I think the referee, I can understand why he's not giving it because we're talking about the one where the guy was clean through, right? And he yeah. kind of pulled it down. Yeah. yeah, no. Kepa's there. Like, Kepa's winning that ball whether that guy gets pulled out or not first. Kepa's there. That's why, I think that's the mm. only reason why he's not given that. I don't, I didn't, I saw it from an angle like it was behind the, behind Kepa angle and that made my mind up. Look, Kepa's um. getting there whether he gets there or not. I, could, I, I would understand if he gave a red. It's just not a red for me and I do understand why he gave the yellow because I think Kepa's getting there whether Rudiger pulls his guy down or not. And I, I didn't see if Aspen Equator was covering uh, I didn't see if Alonso was, which I highly doubt Alonso was even in that proximity. Oh, um, but yeah, I do understand why he didn't get the red, but going back to Rudiger, um, I love his 
tenacity. I do love his physicalness. I do love how honest he is with the fans. And like when he does an interview, he's very honest and well-spoken, you know, which I do enjoy. Um, but in terms of on the field, because he's physical and because he's strong, doesn't make him a, a fantastic... He's like not a top five centre-back in the league, which many people have said. It doesn't cover the, pra- cover the cracks that he's made mistakes this year. And, you know, he's not anywhere near the level of previous centre-backs we've had. Um, I do like him. I do think he's solid enough to play for Chelsea, but I do think we need someone maybe better next to him um, in order to bring his better game out. But I think it was... Um, I'm doing, I seem to be plugging a lot of people or shouting out a lot of people right now, but I saw a tweet from Worldwide Chelsea. Uh, My Sadiq. boy Sadiq. Yeah, and uh, it was brilliant. Um, he sort of tweeted, like, just because he puts hashtag hustle on, on Instagram <laughs> doesn't make him a great player. And I, I, I loved it. Like, it was exactly <laughs> what I was thinking at the time. You know, he's going to put hashtag hustle after the game on Instagram and you guys are going to love him, but ignore the fact that he had an average or poor game. And it was... It was brilliant. I, I I agreed with Sadiq on that one. It's true. Just because he puts hustle when he acts like the big man doesn't make him a fantastic centre-back. He's good, but he's not. Uh, he's prone to mistakes, yeah. All right, so the que- I have a question for you. Yep. Next, this summer, you're going to get uh, another centre-back in by the name of Kurt Zuma. Who's better? I don't think we're going to keep both. Yeah, it's tough. Um, I would personally keep Rudiger. <gasps> Over Zuma? How dare you? See, Zuma, and I don't know if it's because he's playing an awful Stoke team or you know, a te- or a now an Everton team that's struggling or not. Um, so I might be, I would openly admit to being wrong or, and I can understand why people would choose him over that. He's very athletic, strong, but I just don't know if he's as good as we think and I think maybe we give him more credit because he's a youngster and he's been at the club for a long time. And, you know, if that kind of makes sense, I think it's a lot It's a lot different playing for Stoke and Everton than it is for Chelsea, you know. Um, whilst his athleticism and his strength would be very welcome in our back four, I just don't know if... I like Rudiger for, the, for his experience, his physical and, you know, I think just for right now. But again, I'm not going to be overly upset or overly surprised if Zuma did come back and we kept him and he played next to Louise and he played well you know so tough question good question but right now I'll just, I'll just go really good for right now because I think next season man I think next season a center back group that consists of you know Christensen Rudiger and the fucking dogs unbelievable <laughs> this podcast can never be interruption free never never unbelievable and they continue barking <laughs> unbelievable um, a center back. God damn it! Hey, what's going on with these dogs? Hold on. No worries. Motherfuckers. While my son is sleeping. Anyway, um, I think a center back group that consists of Zuma, Ampadu, um, Andres Christensen, Rudiger, toss in one more. Um, for some reason, I I I think it's. I think David Luiz is not around next season. I don't know why. Something tells me he's not around. And I think he has a contract issue when he needs to be extended or not. I, I just don't know. I personally don't know if he's around. But that's not a bad group. That's not a bad group. No, it's good, good, good uh, mix of experience and youth. Um, I like Christensen. I think he deserves more of a chance for Hell sure. Yeah. Um, uh, again, we talked about Rudiger. David Luiz. 
I think he said come out recently, didn't he? He said he's going to sign. He wants to sign. Whether he does or not is a different story, but yeah. it looks like he wants to. Whether he plays, how much he plays next year, I don't know if he'll kind of fizzle out like JT did towards the end, possibly. Yeah. Um, I'm a fan of the Wees as well, to be honest. I like him. Um, uh, I do too. I like his passing, but again, it's no. we're not idiots. We both know he's very prone to mistakes as well, and he is fizzling and getting older. So, Ampadu, another one who I just, I think we, I like him. Mature, looks like he's very calm, you know, not phased by anything. Great player, technical, love Care- it. Careful, Dan. Don't make, don't make me have. <laughs> careful, watch your p's and q's now. Go ahead, continue. Just don't think he is the Lord and Savior uh, right now that uh, everyone thinks he is. He's not gonna. We can't throw him straight in there now and say he's the center, he's our number one center back. He's the man to do it right now. Next season, different story. Get him in preseason, mix him in. Put him in a few games, get see how he does oh, in okay. preseason, you know. But for right now, like people saying, put him in now, like put him in centre back now. No, not gonna work. He's an eighteen-year-old, seventeen-year-old kid, you know. And and, I, and I'm not, and I don't mean that in terms of age because I don't say I don't say seventeen, eighteen because of age because age doesn't matter. We've seen it with Hudson the door. If you're old enough, you're good enough. If you're good enough, you're old enough, you know. Yeah. But I think maturity-wise, in terms of, you know. He hasn't been in. The, it's so hard to not be playing, and then just all of a sudden come in and have an amazing game. He, like, he's been playing with the twenty ones, I believe. You know, and then the jump from the twenty ones to a Premier League game is unbelievable. You know, and for him to be playing next to like a, a Rudiger or a Louise who's prone to mistakes, and he has to be the one potentially sweeping them up. You know, that's a tough ask. You know, that is tough. And again, if he has a bad game or he has, you know, it doesn't go his way. That, that's going to be detrimental to him. It's going to kill him, you know, and then mm. sorry, he's going to be under pressure. And sorry, he's not going to play him again. It's just going to ruin his career anyway. So, um, I think we've got to be very patient with Ampadu, but I do like him. I am a fan. I'm a fan of him. Um, I okay. Just think we've got with him. Whew. I was about to, uh, I was about to ask you for your, uh, address. Um, and <laughs> we would have to have had words in person. Um, so, so, uh, Car- I was about to say Everton. So Cardiff goes up 1-0. I, I had felt that it was coming. I, I, I'd like you felt that it was coming. I, I I don't know why I saw 1-0 by Cardiff coming. Even in the first half when really, like, I don't know. So Cardiff's up 1-0. Um, where are you with the chance? Uh, fuck sorry, ball. Um sorry out where, where where do you stand on that not a fan uh I'm just, again understand it understand why you know i was few, i was not happy with sorry i was not happy with the team selection wasn't happy with the way we played and i felt like i was talking to terry sazio about this and a little bit and we kind of said that you know it was the first time in a long time or the first time ever that i felt like really detached from sorry and really detached from the team i felt like sorry could lose his job if we lost this game you know, we will never know now because we obviously scraped it out. But, you know, I felt really attached to it. And I don't understand why the fans, I just don't like it. I just don't like. I wish it wasn't. You know, yeah. I just don't think that helps the players. I've been in that environment. I've played in that environment. And I just don't think it helps the players. Um, it doesn't, it certainly doesn't help the coach. Dan, is, did you just flex on the show a little bit? With did what? You, Sorry. What's that? Did you just flex on the show? I've been in the environment. I know what it feels like to play. <laughs> I think he just flexed on the show a little bit. He said, hold on, hold on, hold on here. Let me flex my muscles a little bit. Let me Give me some room. Give the big man some room. Is that what you just did? 
uh, it was, uh, you know, if it gets you an extra listener or two, I'm more than happy to do it for you. I'm doing it for the team. <laughs> but no, um, you know, just like chance, even player chance, like, you know, when you're, you're hammering a player or something, like, you know, it, at the end of the day, it's still your coach. I know we disagree and we don't, maybe we don't like his style, but to yeah. chant, I just think it puts a negative spin on the yeah. game. I don't think the players are going to be like buzzing about that. They're not exactly going to want to play better for that and hearing yeah. that. So again, I understand it. I'm not naive and I'm not, I'm not a one-man guy, but or a one-sided guy. I understand. I like to think I understand both sides. I can be rational, but I'm just not a fan of it. I just didn't think it was appropriate. Um, I think there's better ways to kind of voice in your opinion. And I know it's hard, but yeah, not a fan. Yeah, I'm not. I, I didn't like it either. And then, uh, and then something happened. Like right around, what would you say? Like right around the 60th minute, I did feel like the like the boys started to play better. I, I yeah. felt like the boys started to play better. <laughs> It wasn't shocking that Eden Hazard comes on and then magically we start playing better. It, like, you know, surprise, surprise, you know, the best yeah, no. fucking player in the Premier League comes on and whoop, here we go. We're playing better. And I almost felt like it kind of disqualified every, uh, excuse me, everything that Sari said before the game about, oh, that William and Pedro were with me the entire international break and all that shit. Like, it kind of like, Wait a minute! You you guys had two weeks to come together with a plan, and this is what you you know you did, and then a guy that wasn't here for two weeks instantly comes in, and it's all good. You know, like you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. He's that good. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you. It's sometimes with Hazard, it's not even like because again, he didn't. You know, I don't think he played amazing in his thirty minutes, but forty minutes that he was on. You know, but. He, it's that aura he brings, you know. It's that same. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that, it's that he just gives the whole team a boost when they see Hazard on the pitch and buzzing around, and the amount of attraction he, amount of attention he attracts from the other opposite, you know, doubling up on him, taking sometimes three players are on him. Yeah. Always up space for others, you know. And I think that just gives the team a huge boost. Yeah. Uh, and that's Such what it did. Baller. Whilst he wasn't directly involved in assists or goals, you know, it was, um, it was just his boost that he gave. And again, it's it felt. It's nice to have that player, but at the same time, it's very like, you know, one man team ish, that whole thing going around. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a backup. It's like, it's, oh, let's go back to Hazard again. It's, it's a shame. Yeah. Know, to an extent. Yeah. I am, um, I'm afraid uh, of what comes in the summer of seeing that guy not on this team, man. I, uh, I think I will cry real man tears. Um, no, I, I think I think no. The 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 one that's gonna break me is Angolo Conte. If Angolo Conte is not on this team, and he's off to another team, off to Real Madrid, I that I would definitely cry real tears, real hard, hard, hard man tears. Um, Eden Hazard, I think I'll I just weep in the corner. But man, where do you stand on that? If you had to choose. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm asking you the question. Choose. Do you think he stays or do you think he goes? Or do you think... Okay, better yet, better yet, better yet. It's a two-part question. Does he stay or does he go? Hazard goes. Jesus Christ, you said that with so much conviction. All right, so then is it his decision or is it, is the, is the, is it in Real Madrid's hands or is it in Eden Hazard's hands? Real Madrid's hands. Okay, so... So you believe Real Madrid will put in a substantial bid, a qualifying bid for Eden Hazard? Yeah, I do. I think they're just going to take advantage of the fact that they can get him cheaper than <laughs> they usually would. 
Um, I think ideally they would like Mbappe. I think that's who they want if they had, if Zidane had 300 million, you know, he he'd go after Mbappe. Um, but I don't think they're going to willing to throw that much money at Mbappe right now. I don't know if Mbappe is ready to leave just yet, and I think they're going to want to you know spend their money and be a little bit more well rounded. Like you know maybe do two three hundred million or maybe two or three signings, you know, to rebuild the whole team rather than just going in for an all. I don't think Mbappe is the answer to all their problems, you know. So I think they'll maybe look to get Hazard, knowing that Hazard wants to come by the way as well. Um, they'll they'll go for the cheaper option with Hazard, maybe get him for that eighty to one hundred million rather than that two two twenty mark for Mbappe, which is ludicrous. Because I mean, dude, I, I've been seeing numbers and players going around. They're talking about. I saw this week, uh, towards the end of the week, it was the name is uh, Paul Pogba going to Real. Yeah. Uh, I know Joe Tweedy earlier this year in January, he said that Real Madrid will be going after both Mbappe and Neymar, settling for one, uh, hoping for both, settling for one. And then going after somebody else to on the opposite side. I, I just think yeah. about like I, it just blows my mind that they even listen, listen, let's let's talk just you and me. Let's talk. If I was Perez and I can throw around almost a half a billion dollars because you're going to have to get close to that number to sign uh, Pogba. Pogba you, how much do you think Pogba can go for? He's going over a hundred million. Easy. 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 I think we're just kind of with his previous deal and then you know how in- how instrumental he is to Manchester United now. Um yeah, he's going for big money, I would say. One fifty? Yeah, I'd say yeah, somewhere somewhere around that mark. One fifty. One fifty. Then you got Eden Hazard, right? Eden Hazard over a hundred minimum. Because didn't there was just reports that Chelsea turned down an eighty-five million dollar bid? Apparently so. Yeah. So I'd, I'd say Hazard will be looking at maybe one, one ten, maybe somewhere around okay. there. Okay. So that's hopefully for the club. That's for Chelsea. Yeah, if they do it or not, that's what they're hoping for. Yeah. That's three, and let's just say that they go for Mbappe as well. So you're you're oh, Mbappe. Mbappe is bro. That's half a billion dollars in a summer, and if they were to land all three of those guys. If I was Perez, I'd literally walk around, pants down, underwear down, dick out, and I would just be telling everybody, yo, suck it. Suck it. Suck it! I would go to Barcelona. I would take a fat shit on their doorstep. Suck it. Cops come. Suck it. Half a billion dollars, bitch. What are you going to do? Half a... I can't even imagine that. I can't I can't imagine. I, that's what I would do. Yeah, if there's one club doing it, it's definitely Real Madrid, I'll tell you that. I can't and even fair play won't even touch him either. So I can't even imagine that. Dan, um, if you were to spend half a billion dollars on three players, world class players, elite of the elite, your reaction similar or different than mine? In terms of what players would I sign or No, just walking around, dick out, suck it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, you'd be you'd be the man, right? I mean, like I said, <laughs> if if anyone's gonna do it, it's the it's Perez and the Galacticos, man. They love that, right? They love signing them superstars. Um, yeah, I'll be definitely. I'll probably get on a flight to Barcelona and you know just walk around with a nice smile on my face and probably a beer in my left and right hand saying, "Cheers, fellas." <laughs> oh my god! Oh my yeah. god! Oh my god! All right, so back to the game. Enough of the fa- talk about uh, phalluses. Um How offsides was Aspie? Oh. 
Man, that, I, you'd be raging, right? You've got to be absolutely raging if you're Warnock and Carl. Oh, my um, God. Bro, like, Warnock. It's a good, we needed it. I'll be honest. Oh we needed God. that luck. Like That's something that we haven't had a lot of luck this year, as we've seen. We've had a few controversial decisions go away, and I think that I think that, that was the only way we were going to get in. Like The only way we were going to get that equaliser today was either a Hazard wonder goal, like he does, or some, like a piece of luck like that, an own goal or something like that, and... You knew. I just. I knew straight away. I don't know if you. I didn't even need the replay. I knew straight away. I was like, "Oh man." That's no, I, bad. I, 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 I didn't. What I saw on the goal, the my first thought in my mind is like, "Sorry, got sorry, got a lifeline, an yeah, unbelievable yeah. lifeline." Probably the second thing I did, the immediate thing, yeah. And then I saw the offside goal, and then Warnock. Let me let me take a minute right here to talk about Neil Warnock. Um, I don't have as much history. Uh, with Neil Warnock, uh, his career. Um, he's kind of a new phenomenon for me. This guy is a national treasure. There should be a statue built of him because after after this game, I started going on down the YouTube rabbit hole of Neil Warnock, and oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> my God. Him going crazy on the sidelines for this game. Did you see him take out the pill bottle and start jamming pills into his hand and just start stuffing them into his mouth. My God, it was perfect. It was perfect. This dude is amazing with him on the sideline screaming at Aspie, you're offsides, bitch. Look at the TV. Bro, this guy is the best. The best. The best. I would love to have Neil Warnock. I'm kidding. As a manager, just for the memes, just for for just for the entertainment, he's awesome. Talk to me, Dan. Thoughts on Neil Warnock? Yeah, I'm a fan. I like Neil. <laughs> I do like him. Uh, honest, straight talking, old school. Uh, got a good little. I think he's got a good personality. You either love him or hate him. I like him. I love uh, him. Oh, I didn't see any. I didn't see the press conference. I had to leave straight after the game for coaching. Like straight after, so I didn't see any of the post match. I haven't seen any. I haven't been on Twitter since. You know, for like five or six hours. So, um, bless. It, don't chance, go. Don't so. go. It's a disaster. Over <laughs> I know, there. right? Stay but, uh, off. Stay off. <laughs> My God. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the uh, press conferences. I haven't seen any of Warnock's. I can only imagine. I am looking forward to going back and doing it, <laughs> watching it. But uh, I did see the only thing I have seen was a picture of him stood at the halfway line after the game and just looking at the referees oh. with his hands and his head and just shaking his head. And that, even that was. That made me laugh. Oh, uh, I really felt for him. I really did. He's if the I was, best. I, I would be crying. That, I forgot. Yeah. That was the you... best. When he was, the refs are there, like the four of them, and they're just looking, and he's just looking at him like, what the, what the fuck? Like, bro, you're killing me out there. He was R. Kelly. He was the yeah. video of R. Kelly. I'm fighting for my life. Bro, Neil Warnock. I love him. I, yeah. I love this guy. But Aspie, um, Aspie was maybe I think for the goal was was he inside the goal when he scored? That's how offside he was. He was inside, oh, right? Yeah, I think he was sitting on the front row in the stand. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh, it's, it's so. It's. And I think I saw Warnock say it's the best league in the world and worst referees. <laughs> he said that. Honest. Yep. Yeah, he did. I see, I saw that quote, and it's actually true. The rest, some of the. It's such a hard job to do. I understand that, but these for such a high level competition, you gotta have better. It's gotta be better. It's Who's in control be of that? It's just, oh, dude. 
you know, every man and his dog, I don't know, but there's some politics there. But yeah, the refereeing is awful in the league and that's just another episode of an awful decision. Thank God we benefited from it because if yeah. it went the other way, then I'd be yep. fuming. Yep, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then we had a couple substitutions. Sorry brings in your boy, your best mate, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and another one. Your guy, the main man, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, comes in. And, bro, like, again, I, I just don't. How is this guy not starting? Oh, okay, listen. As somebody that suffers, I have a bad back. I have two slip discs on the bottom of my back. I know what it's like to go through your back pains. And, it's, and I'm here to tell you guys, I've said it before on the podcast, don't think that this is a situation that will not plague Ruben Loftus-Cheek throughout his entire career. He will forever have a bad back. This will always be a thing. Now, the question is, how bad? Is it miss half a season bad or miss a game bad? That's the only difference. I mean, he, that, that's the only question, okay? But, God damn it, this guy is a baller. I believe that Ruben Loftus-Cheek could have been an athlete in any sport. Any sport. Basketball, yeah. football. Uh, if he would have learned how, if he knew how to fight, he would be. He could be a champion in the UFC, a champion boxer. This guy is a baller, an absolute baller. Talk yeah. to me. Agreed. Yeah, no, uh, he's a he's a menace. He's you know, and he he wasn't always huge. He was a little bit smaller, kind of when I was around him. But he then, but then he did start hitting that growth spurt, and he was a. a he was a menace. Like he was a monster. So hard to get the ball off, you know. And um he saw it today. He was just running through like card of defense when he came on and nobody could stop him. Nope. You know, he's just when he gets going, when he's on full speed, it's it's impossible. And that power and that, you know, progress that he shows is very you don't see many players like that with the technical ability he's got as well. Um and yeah, you're right with the back thing, it's so tender. It, people don't understand it or give it enough attention, you know, it's it's something that's never going to leave him. It's very fragile. It's you know, it's that it's that phase of growing. He grew so much so quickly. You know, it's tough. Um, so it's it's definitely difficult, and we've got to be patient with him. Like this is why it's taken him so long to break through because it's inconsistency in terms of health. And you know, you got to manage him, be patient if you want to get the best out of him. Because if you just rush him in, it's just going to do make it worse. And it's just not going to. We're not going to see how good he really is. You know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, talk to me, my man. When in his career, did, or when did you guys, not him, but when did you guys and those within the academy when you were there with him, when did you know, like, when did he go from being, hey, hey this guy is good to, holy shit. Right away. Damn, right away. So talk to yeah, me. You, Take me to the beginning. Tell me your story from the beginning. What is it like? Well, tell me your story. Yeah, so uh, did like, I did an interview on this with the Echo, um, uh, kind of went over a little bit more in, in detail there. But yeah, just, you know, picked up, played. Um, I played for a lot of academies as a kid. I was in the academy system at four years old with a, a, a lower league English team, Leighton Orient. And then, uh, you know, and once you're in the system, you kind of, many scouts and coaches know who you are and you're kind of playing for the regular team. So I was in and out of academies all my life pretty much. And then picked up by Chelsea 13, dream to club. Um I went to a soccer school, kind of like a camp thing, if you like, mm -hmm. that was sponsored by Chelsea. And there's a couple of Chelsea coaches there. I'd done really well. And before I knew it, I was training with Chelsea. I, I was very sheltered from it in terms of, because my dad was an ex-pro. So I was mm -hmm. very sheltered from it. My dad did all everything behind the scenes. He did not let me talk, think, do anything. 
you know, he took care of everything off that. So I was just honestly just showing up to practice and playing and then coming home and going to mm. bed and going to games and whatever. So uh, he did all the finer details. But yeah, so I was there for three years and then uh, I was released for being too small and I was playing the same position as Ruben and Ruben went and, went and kicked on and made it his own. So that's the joke I get all the time. Like when Ruben <laughs> does something well or... You know, when he's ever his name's mentioned, he's like, ah, I could have been you, but you're, you're, you're nothing. And he's great. So, <laughs> well, so uh, that's the banter I get with the boys. Well, guess what, Dan? To me, you're my Ruben Loftus cheek. You're the man, dude. This is why I talk <laughs> this podcast. Always knew, always knew you'd be my guy. You're, you're my number eight. All right. You're my number eight. What a guy. Dude. What a guy. <laughs> so you guys knew right away that this kid was a baller. Right away. Yeah, just came in doing this aura. You know, he was technically, because he wasn't always that big, like I said. So, like, he was, because te- he was a little bit smaller and the lower gravity, he had, that's where he developed his footwork, mm-hmm. you know? And then the, the size and the, that all came. Um, so, when that came, it was just, that combination was deadly. And in new football, he would just bulldoze, because he still had, he had the technical ability with it. So, he just bulldoze yeah. through it and then train in. Yeah. He was very well taken care of by the club, very very thought of by the club. And then, yeah, we, we knew. <laughs> so yeah. I wasn't too upset. You know, I, of course, I was devastated. But at the same time, like, I'd openly admit that he was uh, the right choice and definitely a lot better player than I am. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, I see you just see it. You just see it. I, I mean, like, it, it's just you could tell, like, this guy's the same. Like, what I always say is Ruben Loftus-Cheek is 6'3". Paul Pogba is 6'3". They are the exact same size. But when you look at one, one moves, like, you can't tell that one is 6'3", and the other one, you can tell he's a tall, lanky guy. And to me, that's the, that right there sums up the definition of athleticism. All these guys are athletic. Top to bottom, everybody's athletic. But there's different levels to this shit, man. And and Ruben lost his cheek. That's why it's so frustrating. Same thing with Callum Hudson-Odoi. You see uh, the video, what was it, making his rounds on Twitter last week uh, of him at 14 years old. And you just see it. It's just like that right there is somebody with talent, with somebody that's special. And it's just yeah. frustrating, man. It's frustrating. See, if you were um, in Callum Hudson-Odoi like, camp, well, like if you were him, how do you feel today? Like what, what's going through your head? Like what, 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 I don't know. Take us there. Try to. I, I know you can't because you're not him. But take us there, man. It's just you know when you're England back in them days, especially, and and maybe not so much more. It's still there to an extent, but maybe not so much now. But back then, you know, size was a lot. It, size meant a lot. It was everything. You know, these these big, strong, athletic kids coming from London. You know, and they're just monsters, and they're overdeveloped, and you know, us little guys. You know. It was kind of like me, Josh McKechnie, and then kind of guys, Charlie Colkett, you know, um, technical, but just didn't have that superior size and that physical ability that these guys naturally had. And you can't teach it, you can't coach it. It's just no. natural, you know, it's physical. So, you know, to have that on your side, coaches obviously love that because you're, you're kind of like the whole package. And back in them days, size was everything in England, you know, the long ball and, you know, getting winning headers. And that was kind of how it was. So, um, yeah, I wish you know you wish you had that size and that speed and i developed a little bit too late i managed to reach six foot just but um it came a little bit too late for me so yeah to have it and to possess it is huge and to have the technical ability with it like pogba and loftus cheek have is uh 
you know, a special player. Yeah, and, and and when you saw the video of Callum Hudson Adoy today, when he when a Giroud came on and Adoy knew that he wasn't playing, did you mm. see that? Did you see his face? Yeah. He was pissed. He was pissed. Oh like, yeah. Rightfully so. He's just yeah. he's just come from like the biggest appearance in his life, playing for his national country, you know, and, and doing well yeah. as well. By the way, it's like he, he played, he done well when he was playing, and he must be absolutely buzzing. He must be thinking, you know, sorry, he's watched that, he's seen me, maybe he trusts me a little bit more now, and but, you know, um, he's maybe going to get an opportunity against Cardiff, which you know is a these are the games that game he should be playing, right? Um, so I understand. I'm not overly surprised. I'm, I was surprised, but I'm not. I can never be too surprised by Sorry because he has made decisions that you know I can't I can be baffling. But yeah, no, I definitely felt for uh, for Luke, for Callum. Yeah, definitely. I think he deserved the chance. He definitely deserves to play at least some part of the game today. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Does he stay? Yeah, I think he stays. Me too. Me too. Especially knowing that Hazard's out, uh, I think he stays. I think he stays even if Hazard stays. Yeah, no, I just, I've, I've said it for day one. I'm not going to change my mind. I, I, again, he could leave, and I wouldn't be, I wouldn't go against him. I wouldn't, it wouldn't overly surprise me. But I'm still stay, sticking by the fact that I think he's. I've said it from day one. I said it. I tweeted it a few months back. I'm going to bring that tweet back up one day when he does sign a new contract or when he does stay. But yeah, he's for me. He's. I'm. I'm very, very, very confident he's staying. Yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. Dan, where do we go from here? Where does where does Chelsea finish out at the end of the season? Um, where do we go into the summer? Where, where, what are your thoughts, man? So, I think we're not going to make top four. How dare to... you? <laughs> I just don't see it. I just I I probably should have checked the table and checked the fixtures before coming on here and making that bold claim, right? But uh, I just don't see it. I think. You know, Arsenal have a better run in. Man United are on a, a little bit of form, and you never know with Tottenham. They could they've been struggling big time recently, which I very much enjoyed. But you know, you never know if they're just going to bounce back and go on a run again. They are a good team, so they could do that. But I just don't see us making top four in the Premier League. I think we're going to have to put our eggs in one basket and go with the Europa League if we have any chance of playing Champions League football next year. Um, transfer if the transfer van goes in. I, because I, 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 this idea came to me the other day. I want Chelsea to play in uh, the Champions League. Of course I do. But mm. really, I, 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 as the squad is constituted, as made up, I should say. I'm trying to use big words here, and I don't know if I use that <laughs> word correctly or pronounce it correctly. So, fuck it. Um, <clears throat> as the team is made up with the transfer ban, I don't see us going very far in the Champions League. So, my question is, I want us to be in the Champions League more so as a last-ditch hope to keep Eden Hazard. But if we're not in the Champions League and we don't have Eden Hazard, does it really matter if we're under a ban? Isn't it, isn't, in that scenario, wouldn't it be better for us to focus on continuing to build the foundation if Sarri stays? Um, wouldn't that be the key with with the new guys coming in, like Reese James, um, you know, like Mason Mount? W- 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 wouldn't it be better? Yeah, I mean, a transfer ban, and with so many of our academy and people on loan doing well, this would be the perfect opportunity to 
to blood them in and give them a chance and hit the reset button, which we really need to do. Perfect opportunity. Whether that happens or not is a different story because Surrey doesn't have a... We don't know if Surrey's going to be in a job. We don't know, you know, if Surrey's ever going to change his ways and he's not exactly known for being a youth connoisseur. So um, I don't know if it will happen, but it's definitely a fantastic opportunity to do so. I think it has to be in moderation, though. Those who are saying James right back, Mount centre midfield, Ambulu centre back, you know, Callum Hudson on the right, and then Tammy Avery out front. If we put all of them in, start them all in, we will get battered. Yep. And we will. And people who say they all need to play and all need to start and they're all ready right now, you that's just that's being reactionary on the other side of, you know, you could be reactionary of saying Sarri out, but then you're going on the other end of the spectrum by saying that they're all they're all ready to lead a top four club, Chelsea. Well, like not all of them. Come on, you know, be rational, be balanced, um, pick the bigger picture. You know, can we introduce a couple for sure? Can we keep them and treat them better for sure? And have they got the potential? Perhaps, but time, patience, moderation, situational. You know. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think about that too. Like, I I wonder if if we. You know, if we do lose Eden Hazard and depending on the details of the transfer ban, if the transfer ban comes in the summer, does it even matter if we're in the Champions League? Because we'll have to rely on what we have in-house. Um, and what we have in-house is not enough to go do anything in the Champions League. So does it even matter? I think it matters in terms of club stature, financials, attracting players when our if, when, how our eventual ban happens and is run out, I think we need we're a Champions League club. We need to be in the Champions League. Um, but in terms of kind of where you're going at, then it's definitely not. You know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I it, just to be clear, just to, for everybody to be clear, because I I know what you're what everyone's doing right now is like, oh my god, here we go, not in the Champions League. What a fake fan! Get this plastic out of here. Relax. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, of course, I want Chelsea to be in the Champions League. I want Chelsea to win every every competition, every trophy that they're in. And I want them to win it all. However, if we're in a transitionary period, if there is a mentality issue, if we have this crop of youth players that are coming through, would it be such a bad thing to have a 2016 2017 season where we have necessarily you know only the premier league to focus on only the fa cup to focus on would it be such a bad thing to have only one thing to focus on in a transitionary period no it's not the worst thing in the world you know we did it well under conte the only thing we didn't do from that is kick on from that exactly a big mistake and that's why we're in the mess we are in now so it wouldn't be. I preferably want to be in the Champions League and be in as many competitions as possible because I love winning an FA Cup or a little Carabao Cup. It's always a nice little side one, you know. We typically do well in them competitions, especially the FA Cup. Um, it's a, a trophy's a trophy, right? Something, yeah. Something's better than nothing. But you know, it's not the absolute end of the world if we have to really hit the reset button and really reevaluate ourselves as a club and you know what we need to do better to sustain ourselves in the long term rather than this short term fix and papering over the cracks consistently every year, you know. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think, you know, a situation like, uh, you know, what, what was it? Uh, an extreme example is uh, River Plate in Argentina. River Plate got relegated, relegated for a season. And then they came back and, uh, and they, you know, they're dominating. Uh, Juventus, wasn't Juventus relegated, uh, not, you know, yeah. a couple years back? And then look what they are now. Um, 
provided, provided, provided that we have the right situation. I'm not talking about getting relegated. What I am talking about is, would it be such a bad thing for a reset, provided that we come back, with, we have things in place, a plan in place um, to move forward, to build on the reset? We got yeah. issued one. We we got issued a reset in sixteen seventeen, but they didn't take it then. Um, would it be such a bad thing? I don't know. I don't. I I, I personally don't have an answer to that. I I just I don't know where I stand. I'm just presenting the question. So, Dan the man, if people want to find you, your website again is Dan is awesome twenty four seven three sixty five dot com. <laughs> is that my spot on my friend there it is i knew I, I i did some research i did some homework now if there people want to find you on twitter where they can they find you my man at maca sport so at m-a-c-c-a sport s-p-o-r-t no space no underscore so maca sport um no promises i'll be you know the most forgiving nicest um guy in the world i, I like to be pretty honest and informational there but definitely up for a debate and de- a healthy debate you know um and and informational and i can help out people where i can yeah for sure make sure you're reactionary get, either <laughs> yeah make sure you keep it professional because dan will find you he will look for you wait, wait, he will look for you he will find you and he'll beat the fuck out of you <laughs> <laughs> i'm a nice guy i'm a lover not a fighter i promise you look at Dan. Look at Dan trying to cover his ass. He's gonna beat the fuck out of you, ladies and gentlemen. He's you, full you of rage, man. All American, you know the big man. You, you got it for me. For yeah, sure. right. No way. I'm a lover, not a fighter. we're all good here it's only twitter right we don't want it's you know keyboard warriors everyone's a keyboard warrior everybody i that's a conversation for another day but like i it's it's bro everybody just relax man like nobody's insulting you in real life i get it if you're being insulted face to face real life whatever but on the internet you're gonna get upset about I'm guilty of it too. I've gone after people too on Twitter, but I always find myself after the fact, uh, after I hit the tweet button, I'm like, did I really need to do that? I feel shitty right. about it. Like, I, I don't want to be that guy. I personally don't want to be that guy. All right, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. 100%. Dan, do you have anything else you want to say? you have anything else you want to plug? Uh, no. Um, I would say if you're looking for, you know, a good balanced read in terms of articles and and guys who are very balanced, honest, and well rounded. I'd say you know, shout out to my guys at the Chelsea Echo. Great <laughs> thing going over there <laughs> with Simon. He started a really good thing, and you know, it's a good group. And the article is very informational. They're honest. They're balanced. There's no cult or you know, there's both sides of the story. Sarri in, Sarri out. If you're into that stuff, um, so that's the only thing I would plug. They, them guys deserve. All the recognition and attention they get, some good guys over there. And if you're looking for a great podcast, then jump on this because this was fun, man. This was fun. Yes, yes. Okay, one word, one word. Yeah. Sorry, in or sorry out. I knew you would do this. Um, one word. I, you, that's one word. Can I? Like, can, I let me, can I just give like a two sentence background before I do the one oh, word? Okay, I've go always, for it. Just, I'll be real quick. I've just, I've always been sorry. In I'm, I'm a coach. I, I, I try back coaches as much as I can. I know how hard it is. It's, it's definitely a lot harder in that level than it is my level. But I know how hard it is. And I've always been sorry in because I believe in, you know, in the process. I believe in patience. I'm a fan of his football. Um, and I don't want to be reactionary. I don't want to. I'm bored of this higher and fire. I'm bored of, you know, the short term. Um, I'd like to see a dynasty in a 
thing. But I do believe on today's, what I saw today, result aside, because, yeah, it was great to get the three points, but today I was very, I was finding it hard to defend Sarri. I am finding it hard to keep defending him. Um, and I am running out of patience to an extent. But if I'm Sarri in or Sarri out, I don't want to be either because I don't, I just think it's, some, it's so it's silly at times on the Twitter, but you're going to make me do it. So from Sarri in or Sarri out, I'm going to Sarri in still. Just. He says he's Sarri in. I, yeah. <laughs> I've, 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 uh, you and I are in the same camp. We are sorry. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it. Yep. Yep. I, that's it. You know what? That's it. We're going to leave it like that. So done. It's over. Everybody. This is the end of the interview. All right, everybody. All right, everybody. That was the interview. We are back. We are back. Uh, thanks again to the homie. Dan, Dan the man, uh, he will always be my number eight, my number eight, I love you Dan, <laughs> oh snap, anyways guys, I'm gonna cut it short because I gotta eat, Um, but before I do, I just got some uh, sad news that came across my phone, man, the rapper Nipsey Hussle was murdered in front of his store in LA, man. Um, I, I wasn't necessarily a huge, huge fan of Nipsey Hussle, um, where I, you know, I could say that uh, I knew all of his songs, no, 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 but uh, one of my best friends, he was a big fan of Nipsey Hussle, and if I was around him in in the car, in his house, he was always playing Nipsey Hussle, was always in the rotation, so I had a fam- familiarity with his music, um, even though I wasn't necessarily a huge, huge, huge fan of his, but, you know, gun violence is here in the states in the world man i don't know i don't know i mean like on one hand i i'm an american a proud american i even though i don't own a gun um i believe in the second amendment believe in you know having it's better to have and not need than need and not have when it comes to guns uh to protect yourself and your family um, but man, this is, you know, even there's hundreds of people are murdered every day by guns and stuff in this country, in this world, not to get political or anything like that, man. You know, it just stems from, I just wish, you know what? That's what it is. Forget about guns. Forget about guns. I, I don't care. One gun, 10 million guns. Uh, it doesn't matter how many guns are in this world. Um, and if you choose or not to choose to have them, but let's just be nicer to each other man like like it doesn't guns are not the problem it's you know guns are not the problem it, it's people be nice why i just don't get it man just need to be nicer to each other just nicer man just be nicer guys Listen, we're going to end the show here. You know how I always do. I love each and every single one of you. Have a great day. Enjoy the rest of your day. Um, you guys, man, this podcast, you have no idea what, what it means to me. It means a lot. Talking to you guys, interacting with people on Twitter, on, uh, on the interwebs, having interviews, talking to people like Dan. You know, it's awesome. It really is. It really is awesome. And thank you guys.
you know, really thank you guys. So I love you guys, each and every single one of you that's listening to the show. I love you. Uh, if you're not following me, please follow me on Twitter, All American CFC. Follow me on Instagram. I'm going to start firing up Instagram and uh, really getting in because I think I got a good handle on Twitter. I think I got, you know, kind of, I think I have a, a good grip on Twitter. So back to Instagram. We're going to be showing more love to Instagram. Um, but follow me on Instagram too, All American uh, Chelsea on Instagram, All American CFC on Twitter. And I'll talk to you guys again soon. I love each and every single one of you. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Uh, the All-American Chelsea family, if I get nominated for the FBAs, I'll be flying out, representing us, representing the squad, representing the gang, gang, gang. So I love you guys. Have a great day. Enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, rest in peace, Nipsey Hustle, And rest in peace to all humans, uh, wherever you're at. In this world that we lost today, man. You will not be forgotten. See you guys later. Love you. Big kiss. That was a shit kiss. Bye. Falling the solo way. And if you pattern my trend, I make you my protege. Crossing that soldier race. Niggas don't know them days. Take you in back of the buildings. Make you expose your rage. Take you across the tracks. Make you explode the face. Now you official now. But you got a soul to say. I just been cooking that note. I'm about to drop in the fuel. Think if I call it the great, the people gonna call it the truth. I ain't really trip on the credit. I just paid all of my dues. I just respected the game. Got my name all in the news. Tripping on all of my moves. Quote me on this, got a lot more to prove. Remember I came in this bitch. Fresh out the county with nothing to lose. On the count of you Well, I don't do this shit for nothing No, no, no Not at all You My mama need real
Victory lap.